Welcome to another episode of Tequila She Wrote, a podcast about cocktails and crime. I'm Trish, your bartender for today. And I'm Sloan, your crime tender for today. So grab a cocktail and buckle up for the Hot Mess Express. Toot toot! Beep beep! Welcome back. I'm Trish, your bartender. And for today's drink, we're going to do a good old classic hotty toddy, which Sloan tells me ties in with her case. Yes, so I am a Mississippi girl, and my case happens at Old Miss, which they are the like hotty toddies. Ole Miss Rebels, if you know, you know. So I said that the Hottie Toddy was like the perfect tie-in drink for this. Well, a Hottie Toddy is usually made with whiskey or bourbon, but really we've seen people do it with tequila. Tequila, tequila she wrote. Yes. But for this one, I am going to do just a standard one. We might do a tequila toddy some other time. So for this, you're going to need to get yourself either like boil some water or like run it through a coffee pot, something. You want to heat like three-fourths cup of water. Stick it in your microwave. Don't worry with the coffee pot. Just put it in the microwave. Heat it up. You want heated water, (laughs) basically. You need three-fourths cup of that. You want a ounce and a half of whiskey, or like I said, you can do bourbon, you can do tequila, doesn't matter. And then two to three teaspoons of honey, or if you like it a little sweeter, you might even want to do a little more than that, because that's going to be what's going to make your drink a little sweeter. And then you want... You can even use like one of the whiskey honeys, like jack honey. But... Regular honey is going to be like your sugar for Mm -hmm. this. And then you want to do some lemon juice to taste. They suggest doing like two to three uh, teaspoons of this as well. And then to just dress it up, you want to give yourself like a lemon wedge or a lemon wheel and a cinnamon stick. And then you just kind of stir it around so that your, your honey is not all sitting at the bottom and you just enjoy this is really good if you have like a cold or something. Yes. <laughs> a Irish healing. Irish cure. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Or the Italian cure, as my mom said. It was that or red wine. <laughs> Whiskey is what we need. Coffee Royales is what mom used to always give me, which <laughs> is maybe another drink I'll do at a different time. <laughs> we'll work our way there. But. That is our drink. We hope you enjoy it. It's also, I know it's gotten a lot colder even here in Alabama. So, yes, we are like a few weeks ahead of recording all of these. So, like, right now, as we speak, we just went from like 70 degree weather last week to is a balmy 43 today, <laughs> says the northerner. <laughs> I am dying. So it's Logan. <laughs> 
dying, bundled up, like, jacket and robe to take the boys out to pee every night. I can't handle this. There's snow in northern Alabama. I could maybe deal with it for snow, but yeah. not just for the wind. But it's cold, so a hottie toddy will definitely warm you up. And, yeah, yes. I'm excited to see... <laughs> what this case brings and so we hope you kind of buckle up and enjoy yes we kind of want to do like a little life update too while we're here um i like in real time of recording this we took off this past monday to from recording i had a like pretty scary incident where i was walking my dogs and i kind of uh passed out slash fainted I messed up my face. I knocked out one of my front teeth. So that's the main reason that I wanted to bring this up because I notice a lisp in my like talking. So if you notice it as well, I do apologize. It was a very scary event for me. Uh, we, my husband, I, I got my I, myself and my dogs home somehow. I literally have no memory of any of this. I passed out on the couch and my husband found me on the couch and was like, why are you covered in blood? I did not realize that I was covered in blood. I didn't realize like anything had happened. I just knew that I was asleep on the couch and had woken up. And uh, we went pretty much directly to the hospital. They did an MRI and said that I did have a minor concussion, but I was cleared of it as of the point that we made it to the hospital but, yeah, um, we don't really have any answers, kind of working to find the answers for that. In the meantime, we have mentioned that Trish and I are both, like, bartenders. <laughs> and I literally just paid $2,000 for my front teeth last year to get crowns put on from another traumatic incident. And now I have messed up a thousand dollars worth of work so while I work to save up to get this fixed I hope that y'all are like just understanding and I I have a sensory issue myself so I understand if like you can't stand to listen to my little lisp but if you can stick around with us for a little bit just understand why what is going on is going on <laughs> some people can't even hear it like at work pe some people are like i didn't even notice until you pointed it out or i didn't notice that you have a whole front tooth missing until you pointed it out but <laughs> for me it's very noticeable so i just wanted to address it before i started my case today i don't think it's as bad as you think it is but you also have to hear yourself so. I do and like I said I do have like the sensory thing and I also know that if you're listening from your phone it sounds different from if you're like listening from an earbud yeah so like if you're just here if you're listening from your phone speaker you you probably will not notice but if you have me like right in your earbud right in your eardrum you might notice it especially with my s's and t's <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but we're gonna get through this together yes if you care it's the hot mess express for a reason <laughs> it is the hot mess express i don't expect sympathy or anything like that but if you do care to help in any sort of fashion with this the best way to help me right now is by subscribing to our patreon 
It is a mutual fund between the two of us, but it is just something that you could continually like donate to the two of us. And that would help both of our incomes tremendously, but also that would help me generate the extra income outside of my job of regular bartending and serving to pay for my teeth in the near future. So if you do care to help, that would honestly be one of the best ways to help. Um, I want to say maybe, I can't remember. I set up the link tree a while back, but I think we might have like a Venmo or something set up there. I don't probably know. Not. <laughs> I but don't remember. Once again, I'm not asking for sympathy. I just, I have a very generous heart. And whenever I hear like stories like my own, I want to help out. And so just throwing that out there that as of right now, the best way that I can tell y'all to help us help me is Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, absolutely. As little as $2 a month, guys. Right. (laughs) Bonus episode every month. Uh, Ad-free episodes once we get these ads up and going. And depending on what tier you subscribe to, you get an extra... I do a Ruining Paradise, which is like a criminal story in paradise every month. I do a haunted episode. So you get a little true crime because you got to go into why this place is haunted and then what the hauntings are. So check both us of out my there. passions there. Yeah. Check us out there and uh, let's roll into the story. Yep. All right, so back to your crime to Nurse Sloan, even though I did just take over the intro as well. Yes, but fine. It is what it is. Crime to Nurse Sloan here, and today we are talking about a little baby case. I This is very recent. It happened in the past few years. Try not to feel too hurt whenever I tell you what year this girl was born in, because... Whew. So, Alexandria, known as Allie Costiel, was born on September 11th of 1997. So, one, I don't know, something about that hits my soul a little bit. But she was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Why would you leave, I don't know, to come to Mississippi? Why would you to go to Mississippi? Anyways. So she graduated from Lindbergh High School in the spring of 2016 before heading off to the University of Mississippi, a.k.a. Ole Miss. Yep. Hottie Toddy. <laughs> rebels. The Teddy Bears. Excuse you. No, they are no longer the Rebels. Thank you, Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> we can go into that if we wanted to. But well, I guess we will. So Mississippi State. Um, like the students sent in to the uh, NCAA being like the rebels, the their mascot was racist, which it was. <laughs> it was a colonel, a colonel from slavery times. They literally had an old white man colonel yeah. as their mascot, so sent it into the NCAA, and so they had to change their mascot. So it came down between, this was while I was at college, that's why I know all of this shit, (laughs) but it came down between the teddy bears, the land sharks, and I can't remember the other one, but like the, (laughs) 
<laughs> the land sharks, which is what they went with, I believe, for at least a few years. Oh, God. Because they had a whole, like, fin on their foreheads. They were the land sharks. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so Mississippi. Hotty toddy. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell, miss. So, anyways. She went there to study marketing. In my opinion, she would have been better off at Mississippi State University. We have a really great business school. It is what it is. She chose to go to Ole Miss. And she was also a founding member member of her sorority, the Alpha Phi Sorority. She was also the founder and president of the Ole Miss Golf Club. And she taught fitness classes on campus. So, like, clearly she was very much a go-getter, trying to fill up her resume. One of the best in life. Yeah. Very positive, very optimistic, easy to make friends. That sort of person. Uh, she's remembered as someone whose feelings were easily affected by others. She was very empathetic to others. And it was at Ole Miss that she would meet her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Brandon Thesfield. Thiesfield of Fort Worth, Texas. What Allie saw in Brandon, majority of us will never know. I don't get it. You're not going to get it at the end of this. <laughs> it's okay. We're all on the same page. And classmates would report Brandon to be as like, he was one of those white privileged males he knew that his dad had money, and if he wanted to get out of something, he would threaten to bring his dad in, into things. He just yeah, always wanted to get his way. He would use money to get his way or get his quote-unquote power to get his way, which, once again, as somebody from Mississippi, and I will say I'm a Mississippi State fan, not an Ole Miss fan, as we've gathered from this five minutes of conversation, but... That's kind of like what Ole Miss is kind of known for in Mississippi is they are the hoity-toity school and Mississippi State is the agriculture school. So we are the hillbillies, the rednecks, (laughs) the, I mean, fuck, we got a cowbell. I was going to say your cowbells. (laughs) Clanga, clanga, clang. (laughs) But to me, like everything that I read about Brandon, it was very much so like, He was what most people think of Ole Miss as. Equivalent, in my opinion, would be like a, um, uh, like, Yale or Harvard person in the Northeast. Like, yeah. Yeah. But we're in the South. Very low class. She just was in love. Young, dumb love. Young, dumb love. That's all I got for that. It's worth noting that one of Allie's closest friends from St. Louis, and this is the only person that said this, she said that the two were never officially a couple. They just kind of like were messing with each other, talking, whatever you want to say. But another friend tweeted that Brandon harassed Allie for years and he took advantage of her for years. And this is like, quote, I spent countless nights holding Allie close, drying her tears about this monster for years. You deserve hell, you disgusting excuse for a human. Hashtag justice for Allie. You will never diminish her sunshine. So it seems like her friends from back home just kind of knew of the highlights 
of the relationship mm-hmm. or lack of relationship. Right. Whereas her friends that were actually in Oxford at Ole Miss were more aware of the problems the couple had than any of the good. Yeah. On April 12th of 2019, Allie sent Brandon a text message saying she was worried she might be pregnant. And then she followed that up with a picture of an inconclusive home pregnancy test. So she asked if they could meet up to talk in person about the pregnancy. Brandon fucking ghosted her for like two months. I was going to say, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that would be like, oh yeah, what? Yeah, we'll figure this out together. No, he ghosted her for two months. At first, he would, like, kind of try to make plans to meet up and talk about it and figure out what they needed to do. But he would either cancel on her or he would make the plans for somewhere in town and then just not fucking show up. Because that's a man right there. Yep. (laughs) Meanwhile, dumbass Brandon, Brandon... is at home on his personal laptop googling things like abortion pills and services, silencers and suppressors for guns, the specific guns that his dad had purchased for him. Not even just guns in general, no. Oh, this is why men get caught. This is why there is a lot of proof about historical male serial killers and very little historical proof about women serial killers. Yes. (laughs) We think this shit out before we, before we act. Before we react, before we act. Keep that in mind, gentlemen listening. Most of you are ladies, but (laughs) a few gentlemen, keep that in mind. So anyways, Brandon's a a dumbass. And remember, she texted him April 12th saying, I think I'm pregnant with the pregnancy test in the picture. July 12th, Brandon texted Allie telling her that he didn't want to talk to her while he was on a trip back home to Fort Worth, Texas. But while he was home, he posted a picture of his... I'm really bad with guns. I hate guns. I understand that guns are like good for in some ways and hunting and like nate likes going to gun ranges i just i literally have no interest in any of this so i'm about to butcher the hell out of this sentence that's why i needed to say all of that (laughs) so he posted a picture of his 0.40 caliber glock pistol with a caption saying quote finally taking my baby back to oxford end quote don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't You're being be so suspicious. suspicious. That's don't not a don't be suspicious. suspicious. Don't be suspicious. That is putting a giant, like, caution psychopath in motion, like, sticker on you. That is the biggest red flag you could ever throw up over your head. Yes. Like, hey, I'm having troubles in this quote-unquote relationship, but let me post. I'm about to bring this this gun, my baby, back to Oxford. Okay, sir. So July 16th, four days later, Brandon returned to Oxford where his stupidity continued. He looked online for hollow point ammo 
tactical face masks, and my favorite, Ted Bundy. <laughs> Specifically, how did Ted Bundy lure his victims? He acted injured. <laughs> I mean, he had a few. He had a few that he didn't, but like for the most part, he acted like he was injured. Or like something was wrong with his car. He Didn't he also do like photo shoot things? Yes. He acted very innocent. Yeah. Lured the women to his car to drive them somewhere else and then drove them to their death. Sir, this woman knows you personally. <laughs> like, I'm not one to talk about my search history. <laughs> <laughs> we also do this, so... Especially now that we've started this podcast. <laughs> but also, I'm not going to be stupid about it if I did. You can use incognito windows. <laughs> like, there are ways. But, sir, you went and Googled one of the most well-known serial killers yeah. to research. All right, you, y'all fill in the blanks. I'll, I'll just leave that there. All right. Anyways, so July 18th, two days later, Brandon texts Allie and says he's finally ready to talk about his the possible pregnancy, preferably at her house, but only if they could be alone. The next day, at 11.52 p.m., Allie is seen walking out of Funky's, which is a, like, daiquiri pizza bar. To me, it was very New Orleans-esque. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's in Oxford Square, which is, like, smack dab in the middle of downtown Oxford, Ole Miss, college town sort of situation. Allie heads east down, Ax- down Jackson Avenue, And it's unclear if she was under the influence of anything at this time from the security footage. I mean, we're, like, seeing this from a block down the road sort of situation. But she did leave a daiquiri bar. We can kind of assume she was probably drinking. Yes. Five minutes minutes later, Allie gets into her Uber, a silver minivan, at the corner of Jackson Avenue and Courthouse Square, which was outside of Rooster's Blue's house. Which, funny side note, I was supposed to go to Rooster uh, Blue House for one of my birthdays while I was in college. It was like 2011 to see Band of Horses. And I was so excited. So, so, so excited. They were on my top list of people to see. And we were about to leave. And they had to cancel the concert. Because Band of Horses, like their uh, production people or whatever... Or somehow, somehow all of the band's stuff got sent to Oxford, North Carolina instead of Oxford, Mississippi. They were in Memphis, Tennessee the night before, which is like an hour and a half north of Oxford, Mississippi. So, like, it makes sense to send. Anyways, my birthday, (laughs) my birthday concert tickets, it all got canceled. But that's how I know about Rooster's blue house in uh oxford mississippi i never even got to go there but that's where Allie got picked up was outside of roosters and the minivan pulls off off less than a minute later and they go west along jackson avenue so that is the last like physical evidence that we have of Allie in town around midnight 
Allie arrives at her apartment at the retreat and she sees one of her roommates on her way in. And that was the last time that she was seen alive by anybody. At 10.23 that same day, because remember this was like midnight after midnight that she was seen by the roommate. So 10.23 a.m. that day, Lafayette, I totally mispronounced that, but maybe, I don't know. There, the county sheriffs discovered Allie's body at Buford Ridge, which is a remote area with a fishing camp that locals and college students typically go to hang out during the summer. Um, when the waters are low, you can like ride your four-wheelers and your ATVs and stuff around the lake bottom, and it's just like a, a little like country thing to go do yeah. outside of the college, which, hello, Mississippi. None of her roommates ever even heard Allie leave after the Uber dropped her off and she was seen by the one roommate. But, as I was saying, the sheriffs discovered her body at Buford's Ridge and she had been shot eight times. And I skipped a little bit ahead. I'm sorry, y'all. But yeah, none of her roommates ever heard her leave after she came, after she was dropped off by her Uber. So it's kind of like... When did she even yeah. leave within a nine-hour period? Everybody thought she went to bed. And then the next thing that they know, there are cops at the apartment door saying that their roommate had been shot to death. So, July 21st at 1.43 p.m., the sheriff's department released a statement confirming the murder of Allie. But they didn't really say much more than that. And the next day, at 9.30 a.m., the Sheriff's Department, in conjunction with Memphis Police Department, arrested Brandon as a suspect in Allie's murder. He was arrested in Memphis at a gas station. And when he was arrested, they found a firearm and bloody clothes in his vehicle. Dumbass. Dumbass, <laughs> Dumbass. yes. He was booked into the Lafayette County Detention Center by 3.45 that afternoon. So, same day, but like several, several hours later. And as I mentioned earlier, Ole Miss and Memphis are like an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. So, anyways. Um, his attorneys requested a psychological evaluation for their client at the Mississippi State Mental Hospital. Because <laughs> clearly that's... Generally, like, the first thing that you go for is... He's insane. Mm-hmm. So, while Brandon is in the mental hospital, he writes a statement, or writes in his journal, and he says, I'm not a good person. It is not your fault. Something in me just doesn't work. I've always had terrible thoughts. I've always had these feelings. I just kind of felt off. I think this is the end for me. I'm either going to prison or going to die. I know I'm going to get caught. So, like, to me, that's just, that's a guilty conscience. conscience. Yeah. Like, if I, I feel like that's him trying to build his insanity defense. Yeah. But he doesn't know what it takes to build an insanity defense. He's like, I've always felt this urge. I knew something was going to happen. It was just only a matter of time. And this is the end for me. Yeah. Whether they give me the death penalty or I go to jail for the rest of my life, 
this is the end. So on July 23rd, at the start of the business day, they officially charged Brandon. This is the next day after he was arrested. They charged him with murder, and the sheriff's office held a press conference confirming the murder charge. At around 11.30 a.m., Brandon and his attorney, Swayze Alford, appeared before Judge Andrew Howarth for the initial court appearance. So, by the end of it all, they they declared that he was sane in the moment. He was sane during the act. He was sane for the court appearance. All that good stuff. The judge clearly thought the same thing that I thought. That Brandon was full of shit. And at the end of August 2021, Brandon was charged with capital murder and was facing a possible death sentence. He ended up pleading guilty to the first degree murder charge and he admitted to shooting Allie several times in July of 2019. And because Brandon made the police the police sentence, he was able to avoid the death penalty, but he did receive a sentence to live the rest of his life behind bars. He will be eligible for parole whenever he's like 65 years old, so he will serve like 45 years of his quote-unquote life sentence once he is eligible for parole. But like, I don't know, man. He just, he, he really owned up to all of it. And hasn't really given a reason other than the fact that we know that she said she was pregnant. She was possibly pregnant. I was going to say, his only reason is he didn't want to have to deal with a baby. Yeah. Whether that was them deciding together that it's not the right time and they both go and get taken care of or... Yeah, to this day, he has never said, like, why he's why he did it. It's all just us putting together the puzzle pieces. But you have this young man who thinks he can get away with anything. Well, you said <laughs> his, like, his excuse the whole, like, what time he's in college is that, you know... He has his daddy's money. Yeah. That sounds like someone that his entire life has had daddy to get him out of any trouble. Absolutely. And this is the one thing daddy's money cannot get you out of. No, it cannot. (laughs) No, it cannot. But, like, I just... Once again, you know, at least, like, she's not still missing. That is a positive here. But, like, he was man enough to say that he did it, but he wasn't man enough to say, like, I did it because of this. Yeah. He was childish enough to say, I just haven't felt right my whole life, and it was only a matter of time before this happened. Like, no, sir. No. You had your decisions. Yeah. And you you made your bed, and now you, you lie in it. Like... It is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, that is my case for today. 
And we're going to kick you off to the last call now. Yep. Welcome back to another last call with Trish, your bartender. So after that last case, we are going to do a, instead of a Florida man, it's a Florida woman. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and it's just classic. I was literally like just trying to look for something and it was like stories from 2021 that still have us laughing. I was like, sounds perfect. Sounds just up our alley. <laughs> and I almost don't want to read the headline just because I feel like it gives away the whole <laughs> plot. <laughs> Then so, go for it. Go for the story. Pinellas, I want to say. It's literally like pine. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Pineless. I don't know. County Sheriff's Office in Dunedin, Florida on September 5th, 2021 had some funny news that wasn't really funny in the slightest, but still quite entertaining for us. <laughs> So, when responding to emergency call involving three suspicious teenagers, officers arrived at the intersection of Fairway Drive and Harrison Drive only to find one of the suspects to be brandishing a gun and flee. Police released a canine unit to track him as he climbed onto a home and began firing his gun at passerby. They identified him as 18-year-old Miles Abbott, and he spurred a six-hour standoff involving SWAT team. Things truly turned surreal when he accidentally shot himself in the leg, and a drunk, nude woman appeared. <laughs> she was identified as 28-year-old Jessica Elizabeth Smith from Boston, Massachusetts. And was an uninvited newcomer who barreled through the crime scene in a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Nude in a golf cart. She paid no mind to the police cars serving as a makeshift barricade to keep civilians at bay and ignored orders to leave while drunkenly careening around the scene. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say we'd be nude, but I could see us drunkenly uh, being like, Hey! What's up, cops? <laughs> we are crime junkies. We're here to avenge. <laughs> We're here to help be detectives. <laughs> Who was murdered. So her actions were... <laughs> her actions and inability to follow directions put multiple dep deputies at risk for potentially getting shot at. The affidavit... And... The defendant... <laughs> oh, I just love this. It's just so funny. The defendant had a distinct odor of an alcoholic <laughs> beverage coming from her person and was completely nude. <laughs> In the end, the standoff... Booze and boobs. <laughs> In 
In the end, the standoff concluded with Abbott receiving medical care for his self-inflicted gunshot wound before being charged with loitering and prowling aggravated assault of a of law enforcement officer, felony possession of a firearm, carrying a concealed weapon, resisting an officer, and grand theft of a firearm. As for Smith, she was charged with resisting an officer without violence. <laughs> just like without violence. At least she wasn't violent, but I'm just like and this is why I couldn't read the the headline because it literally says a naked woman drunk drove a golf cart through a SWAT standoff <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> Just put it all out there. But I was like, I was reading this and I went, all right, this is the last call. <laughs> Florida woman. Uh. And she's not even from Florida. She's from Boston, which I feel like, I mean, that under, that's why she was drunk. What I mean, Boston's known for their drinking. Yeah. But uh, it was too good to pass up. And after, after some of these cases, I think it's good to end with a laugh. <laughs> it's definitely good to end with a laugh, for but, sure. But we hope you enjoyed this case and this last call. And if you did, please go and rate us, review us, let us know how we're doing, subscribe on our socials. It's all Tequila Road across the board. We got TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we all do, the good stuff. Yes. Do have your Patreon and all that. Um, Starting at $2 a month, a whole you can feed or buy alcohol for two starving thirsty women yes in mobile alabama if you have <laughs> yes if you have any case suggestions you can reach out on any of the socials you can also email us at tequilashrow at gmail.com we record every tuesday friday well not record but we post every tuesday friday mm -hmm. And yeah, that's about I was gonna say, I don't think we have anything else. All right, we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. <laughs>